0: SENTINELS AWAKEN by Helen Garroway. A READING OF CHAPTER ONE. CHAPTER ONE. THE LADY'S TEMPLE GARDEN'S OLD VESPERS The sword missed his nose by an inch, if that. A momentary relief as solid steel thunked into the ground, and Gerald jerked back like a snake about to strike, and then slithered away, inhaling the scent of soggy grass, dirt, and roses. Roses? His brow wrinkled in confusion as he scuttled away and regained his feet. Backing towards the tall sentinel tree arching over the lady's temple, he strained to see his assailants. He leaned against the trunk as he scanned the gardens. He would have to apologise later. Staying alive was more important than the sanctity of the temple gardens. There were three guards, large and brutal, chancellor's men eager to deliver him up more dead than alive. The complaint of him snooping around the Chancellor's business would be enough to get him placed on report, if not demoted. He wasn't supposed to be near Chancellor Isran, let alone follow him. Gritting his teeth, Gerald considered his options. He couldn't kill them, not on the ladies' soil, yet he couldn't let them report back either. The satin-smooth bark of the tree beneath his fingers warmed for a moment as he hesitated. The image of a tall, black-haired man stood before him. This apparition wore a silvery-green high-necked uniform that glimmered in the swirling mist. He was striking to look at, unnaturally pale, with distinctive features and straight black eyebrows over silver eyes that gleamed in the dim light. Gerald gaped at him, unable to stop staring. It wasn't possible. Lady, help him, it wasn't possible, was it? He recoiled as the man spoke, taking a step back. Captain, is it time? the man asked. "'his silver eyes burning bright. "'He was young, younger than he was,' Gerald thought. "'Yet his expression was grave. "'There was a sense of a burden understood and accepted, "'of experience over youth. "'He had a sword strapped to his hip "'and a bow across his back, "'and he looked like he knew how to use them.' "'Gerald frowned. "'Time?' he asked, and the image faded. He took a deep, steadying breath and turned into one of the guards rushing him. Blocking the blow, he spun towards his attacker instead of away. Deep grunts and the thwack of punches broke the silence of the garden. Gerald twisted out of the man's grip and drew his knife. He hesitated, remembering he was on the lady's ground and instead landed a punch that dropped the man as he retreated. More men arrived, crowding the gate. Gerald flinched as something buzzed by him, and one of the men grunted in pain and fell back. Audible thuds followed, and the men jinked back from the gate. Gerald took the opportunity to fade into the night, circling the temple and up towards the justice buildings. The tower chimed another hour. The sky was beginning to lighten to a steel grey. If he didn't return to the barracks soon, it would be evident to everyone that he had been out that night. Keeping to the shadows, he made for the rear wall of the garrison. The small pack still nestled at the foot of the oak tree where he had hidden it. Assessing the height, he pulled the grappling hook out and slung it over the wall. The soft clank was loud in the quiet night air. He pulled it tight and was over before anyone noticed him. Gathering up his rope, he dropped to the ground behind the stables. Gerald reached his room undetected. As a captain of the king's rangers, he rated his own place. Sometimes he missed the camaraderie of the shared sleeping quarters, but not on nights like this, when he was returning from an unsanctioned venture, battered and bruised. He dropped his bag in the corner and lit the lantern with the candle he had picked up from the hallway. Fishing the notebook out of his pocket, he shed his clothes, lay down on the bed with an exhausted sigh, and began flipping through the pages. His fingers slowed as he realised it was the Chancellor's handwriting. He recognised the looping tales Israen used. A list of names and words, nothing else, nothing to explain what they meant. Most of the names in the book were known to him, a scattering of administrators, lords and courtiers, as well as high-ranking officers from both the Rangers and the King's Justice. He snapped the notebook shut and lay frowning in thought as the sky lightened. Had he seen a man in the sentinel? Legends said that the Lady Leandri's sentinels, her personal guards, had all vanished with her when she sundered the bloodstone, and brought down the veil nearly three thousand years ago. The trees appeared at the same time. It was said in memory of them, and that's where the name came from. Some said the guards slept inside them, unable to cross the veil with the lady. No, it couldn't be true. It was all myth and legends his unsanctioned foray into the warehouse district of Old Vespers raised more questions than answers. If the Chancellor was involved in smuggling goods across Vespiri, then they were in more trouble than he had realised. According to the notebook he had found, the Chancellor was colluding with a network of influential individuals. Rising before six chime, he showered and dressed in the grey and black of a King's Ranger. The only visible sign of his overnight excursion were his reddened knuckles and a slight bruise discolouring his right cheek. At least they could be explained easily enough. Everyone gained bruises in the sparring ring. Commander Nichols was in his office when Gerald arrived. Nichols was a career-off soldier. He had risen through the ranks uninterrupted and had been tenured as the commander of the King's Rangers and Gerald's commanding officer for the last seven years. He was a large man, towering over Gerald's slight stature, and twice as wide. He was also intelligent. Gerald respected the sharp mind that sat behind the piercing brown eyes that saw through every ragtag, desperate excuse. He could cut through bull faster than any commander Gerald knew. Nichols was a staunch supporter of the lady, and Gerald trusted him. Nichols's brow darkened, as Gerald reported. He glared at Gerald as he took the notebook he offered him. Gerald knew the names, having memorised them during his sleepless hours. He stiffened under Nichols's inspection and knew his nondescript appearance. Slight build and brown hair belied his competency. After all, he had been on Isran's detail because he was tenacious and discreet. The tenacious piece was the part that got him in trouble, and that usually meant trouble for Nichols. Nichols flipped through the notebook. This doesn't tell us much. It certainly wasn't worth drawing Isaran's attention to you any more than it already is. You're not supposed to be anywhere near him. I didn't expect him to be there, sir. I left him in the arms of his latest foosie. He should have been there for the night. Nichols glanced up from the notebook and Gerald winced. If the Chancellor is at the root of our recent troubles, then we have no choice but to go to the King, Gerald said, watching his commander. If these people are his supporters, then most of the administration is corrupted. If you can get through the crown prince first, he guards his father's peace with a tenacity equal to yours. Depends if the king wants it guarded so, Gerald said, considering the astute monarch who ruled their kingdom. He didn't think the king would accept his son's scheming for long. Unless he says otherwise, that is what we have to accept, Nichols glared at Gerald in warning. Do not offend the prince, Haven. Your life will become much more difficult if you do. You think Isran is a pain. Carol would be ten times worse. But it's not like the king to allow others to speak for him, Gerald argued. Nicholls shrugged. It's time the prince was more involved, and I expect Benedict is preparing him for the throne. Still, it doesn't seem right to me. Good job it's not down to you, then, isn't it? Leave this with me. I'll see if I can get an audience with the prince. Keep your head down. You're supposed to be off Iseran's rotation, so stay away from him. Let's not rile him any more than necessary. Keep to the barracks. Nichols stood and leant on his desk. Understood? Yes, sir. Gerald saluted and left the office. He didn't think arguing would get him anywhere. He knew Iseran was up to no good. Look at his attempts to lose Gerald. If he didn't have anything to hide, he wouldn't try so hard. His turning up at the warehouse, which was totally unexpected, sealed it for Gerald. He wondered why Nichols wasn't so sure. The days passed, and Gerald kept to the barracks, leaving once to visit the lady's temple, to apologise for fighting in her gardens. When he arrived, a young man was kneeling before the altar, and Gerald halted in surprise. The white marble was shimmering. It solidified as he watched, and the soft voices drifted on the air. Dearest Valeri, please be be a diversion. Protect him. But, my lady, the man broke off as he looked around, aware of someone behind him. He rose in one fluid motion, turning back to bow towards the altar. He turned away, keeping his eyes downcast, and left the temple. But Gerald recognised him even without his bow strapped to his back. The glimpse of silver eyes and the archaic uniform, those were distinctive. Hey, wait. Gerald ran after him, but he had disappeared. The gardens were empty. Returning to the temple, Gerald knelt before the lady's altar. He stared at the lifelike statue of a young woman, standing barefoot by a stream, surrounded by flowers. The Lady Leandry, the deity who helped create the world of Remargarin. The white marble gleamed in the soft light of the temple. The statue shimmered, and the flowers rustled, giving off a heady scent. You are late, my captain. Gerald stiffened, glancing around the empty temple, and his stomach fluttered as he stared at the statue. Late? Events quicken, and we are unprepared. He swayed, grappling with her words. Unprepared for what? The forgotten stir. It is time. Gerald braced a hand on the stone step. What was going on? He flicked another glance around him and back to the statue. The forgotten? They wait patiently, my captain. Who does? A tinkling laugh filled the air. Who do you think? The shimmering statue solidified and the laugh faded. The statue gleamed in the subdued light, watching him. Gerald rose, staring about him wildly, his heart thrumming in his chest. He backed away from the altar and hurried out of the temple. He stopped before the tall sentinel. It couldn't be. The myths could not be real. The silver trunk glistened in the sunlight, and he placed a tentative hand against it. Nothing happened. He shook his head. He was an idiot. What had he expected to happen? Did he really think a man would step out of the tree? The sentinel stood as it had for the last century and more. Records stated that the temple had been buried beneath the land for nearly three thousand years, and all that time the sentinel had been sheltering it. As the soil was excavated and the temple revealed, the sentinel had slowly straightened, its pointed leaves reaching for the sky. It was one of many sentinels scattered across Remargarin, though the only one in Old Vespers. Deep in thought, Gerald paused at the entrance of the chapter-house. After a fleeting glance back at the temple, he entered and approached the duty scholar. "'History of the Sentinels, first floor, section 12. You won't find much, though. No one's been able to explain them,' the duty scholar said, pointing the way. Gerald leaned back in his chair and scrunched his face up. His eyes were sore from trying to decipher the faded text in the oldest document he could find. According to the dusty journal, the Lady Leandry had called forth her sentinels in 11.22, and nearly one hundred men and women had responded, committing their lives to her. Then she had dispersed them throughout Remargarin. She had kept an arm at the palace. An arm? He frowned at the unfamiliar term and returned to the parchment, searching for references to an arm. He stilled as he read the list of twelve strange names that comprised the arm. The sentinels posted to the lady's palace. His breath hissed out as he found what he was searching for. The name he had heard for the first time only a few hours earlier. Valerian, he whispered. As Gerald returned to the barracks, his mind was spinning. Questions spangled off one another, and there were no ready answers. He wasn't sure if the lady had spoken to him, or if he had imagined her and the man. Could a man exist within a tree for 3,000 years? And if he could, why had he awoken now? And a more disturbing thought, were there others? This concludes the reading of Chapter 1 of Sentinels Awaken. Sentinels Awaken is available on Amazon. And if you'd like to find out more about Helen Garraway's books, then sign up to her author newsletter at www.helengarraway.com. Thank you for listening.